0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Business Lunch with Keitra Middle East and me, Cohen Or Sohota. In each episode of this podcast, we'll be joining one of the F&B industry's brightest stars to get to know them a little bit better. And what better way to do that than over food? The premise is simple. We meet in a restaurant or a cafe to chat while we have lunch. You'll hear us talk about the guest's business and we hope to find out more about the person themselves and what they like to do when they're not working because we're having food at the same time you'll hear some background noise and what we're ordering but think of it as inspiration for your next meal out. So now you know what it is let's introduce you to our guest. We're inside Il Passaggio, a marvellous Mediterranean restaurant. It combines the best flavours and the freshest ingredients. Located on The Point, it has stunning views of the Palm Jumeirah. And today we're talking to Rebecca O'Brien De Silva. After studying International Business Management at Middlesex University, Dubai, she has worked in the F&B industry for more than 10 years. And at the start of 2021, she was appointed the F&B Director of Il Passaggio. So a big warm welcome to our podcast, Rebecca, and welcome to the business lunch how does it feel to be on the show thank
1: you and um
0: thank you for having me thank you for joining us and we've got here just a little bit before peak time but before we dig into the food we'd love to learn a little bit more about your background we'd love to know what was being cooked in the kitchen at home where you were growing up and who was
1: cooking it okay okay when i was when i was growing up we live in um a small town called grimsby in the uk um, but it's quite kind of rural, and my dad hunts, so we were quite used to g- kind of straight from field to kitchen. If that okay, makes Okay, that's pretty sense. unusual. It yeah, it <laughs> growing up as a child, it was very unusual because you know you get you get to learn and you get to see, you know what happens to your food essentially. You know, um, so. We were quite used to seeing, you know, pheasants, duck, rabbits, all the gamey kind of, of meats, which actually I grew up to hate, to be quite honest. Okay. <laughs> um, but in my, in my house, it was kind of an equal. My mum and dad both cooked. There wasn't ever like a, uh, my mum cooked more than my father. And um, how did you find the experience of actually
0: seeing those animals going from the whole experience of, I guess, you know, watching them being alive yeah. to not being alive and then being cooked
1: I, I never went on the hunt so to speak, I never went to see any of that, It's no that would devastate me but yeah. uh, you know my dad comes home from a hunt he goes into the garage, he's got his rabbits his pheasants, his ducks, his everything else um, and then he'd prepare them to bring into the house to cook So he'd do the prep, my mum would do the cooking. That must have given
0: you a real different perspective just about fresh ingredients and how you source those
1: ingredients. Absolutely. And we also had, um, as children, me and my brother, we had two chickens. Um, Did you name them? I did, but I can't remember what they (laughs) were, which actually ended up on the table. Like We were very, very young. We were told they went to the farm to live with the other chickens. I think we must have been about four
0: or five. Can you tell me about some of the common dishes that were being cooked on the table as well? What was the signature dishes your mum and dad would make, I mean, other than your chickens?
1: The the one thing that sticks in my mind is my mother makes, apparently, a really good game pie. Yeah. It's not something that I eat, um, but my husband and my father says it's the best game pie in the world that they've ever tasted. Um, My... Faves um, growing up were a stew. I just think you can't go wrong with a stew. Yeah. Like a proper homely stew and dumplings. Absolutely love it. That's
0: good comfort food. Yeah, absolutely
1: good comfort food. Um, Lots of kind of things with a bit of an Italian feel, spaghetti bolognese. It's a very, you know, easy dish to cook um, when my mum had time. And then we had, you know, the odd, what I call toddler teas, you know, like your Sausage, chips and beans or your fish fingers, chips and peas on a weekend. Yeah.
0: And what about going to restaurants in those early years? Do you remember any experiences? What was it like in Grimsby?
1: The one thing I remember very clearly about going to restaurants with my parents being younger is before you want to get up and leave that dinner table, you ask. Yeah. If you don't, you're not going kind of thing. But that's good table manners. Absolutely. My gosh. And... They would just give us the stare if we, you know, even attempted to get up from that table. It would be, you know, the long stare. Um, but it is a fish town as well, so there was plenty of fish restaurants to go. It's by the sea, so lots of fish and chips. Um, we don't really have any infamous restaurants in Grimsby. We would travel to Leeds or Manchester or places like that to go out for a fine dining meal, so to speak. And so, how did
0: you make that transition then, going from Grimsby of all places to coming (laughs) to Dubai?
1: This is a random and long story, and I'll try and I'll try and cut it short. We like we like stories. Okay, well, this is. I'm actually a professional singer, so this is yeah. I saw your face there. (laughs) (laughs) So when um, I went to Qatar when I was 21 to do my first overseas contract there. And the keyboard player I was working with, with there lived in Dubai. Trying to cut this short, uh, got a singing contract in Dubai. Okay. Um, for three months, flew out. For three months, that turned into six months, that turned into a year, that turned into a year and a half. Yeah. So that's actually how I ended up coming here. Okay. And then the same hotel I worked for singing as a residency singer offered me a position um, in F&B, which was F&B um, uh, bars manager. So basically, I was looking at very junior position, um, looking after the bars and restaurants in the hotel. Okay, so you were singing, and yes. then you went
0: into F&B. That's yes. a really unusual way into getting into the industry. Yeah. Could you tell me more about you know how it felt to be doing that? Was that an ambition that you actually
1: wanted? It was, it, it wasn't, so to speak. I mean, they... They offered me the role within the hotel, and I thought to myself, this is a great way to get more experience. Yeah. Um, you know, try it, see how you like it, and see how it goes. So it wasn't really um, a career goal. It was something more of that I fell into. Yeah. Um, rather than something that i kind of wanted to do yeah but then as i started and i carried on i became so passionate about it
0: so we've just been brought out some starters so could you explain what we've got on the table rebecca sure this is the crispy cauliflower okay that looks lovely
1: and this is the halloumi fries excellent okay
0: so why have you chosen these dishes today
1: um, these are some of our most popular starters. Yeah. So I wanted you to try kind of a range of everything. We are a Mediterranean outlet, so we have lots of different cuisines. Yeah. Um, so I tried to mix that all up with the menu. I really hope that you've come with empty tummies because oh. there's lots of food on yep. the way. Amazing. Shall so we dig in? let's it? eat. Yes. Okay. What starter would you like us to try first? Um, I think... Go for the crispy cauliflower first. Okay. It looks very fresh and it looks really
0: pretty the way that it's been decorated. It here. sure
1: is. So, what is it topped with? This is a spicy sauce. Okay.
0: So we've got the crispy cauliflower with buffalo-style mayo. Do you know how it's cooked just to get that crispiness? Because that texture looks amazing.
1: I can't give you the secrets of the recipe. <laughs> if I ask chef, he will he will kill me. Um, just had a bite of it. And uh-huh. it's
0: really, really lovely. I mean, the way that texture is, the crispiness of the cauliflower as well. Because... To be honest, I'm not someone who would normally order cauliflower if it's on the menu, but this actually, if I was here and I was having this, I'd be really pleased with just having this. And...
1: I think that's the thing as well. If I am the same, I probably wouldn't order cauliflower if I saw it on the menu. Um, but the first time I tried this, one of the perks of the job, going from the menu top to bottom and trying everything, it was actually one of my favourites. Um, makes me a cauliflower convert. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good, isn't it? And I think for a vegetarian as well, food can get quite boring, you know. You feel like you're ignored on menus yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, food can get quite boring as a vegetarian. I think this is something a little bit different and a little bit exciting.
0: So we've got sun-dried hummus that's going along with the halloumi fries. And halloumi is always one of those really interesting cheeses because it doesn't melt
1: when uh-huh. you're
0: using it. And so it's... Yeah. This is done, I think, to perfection, the way it's like just sort of crispy again on the outside and you've got that melt-in-your-mouth cheese. Mm. It really works.
1: So glad you enjoy it. Also one of my favourites. Again, a really good vegetarian dish um, for a starter. And it's something that a lot of restaurants and places do, but we wanted to do it a little bit different. Um, Hence the sun-dried tomato hummus. So, Let's try the truffle. The truffle truffle tear and -share. share. This, as I said, is our signature starter. Let me... So I noticed on the menu
0: you have a lot of truffle. We do. Yeah. Yes, we do have a lot of truffle. <laughs> truffle on your pizzas, yeah, truffle on we your do, pastas.
1: People love the truffle. We actually, in some cases, we do have customers asking for additional So the truffle tear and share, it's this flatbread and we can sort of
0: tear it and then obviously share it with each other and it's topped with truffle and also parmesan, so there's a real kind of earthy taste to the whole thing. It's very Moorish, isn't it? I could actually eat two of these to myself. (laughs) So we were talking about your career and Mm -hmm. obviously decided then to study business management in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So tell us about why you chose that course.
1: Okay. Um... I very much enjoy uh, the role in all of my jobs of managing businesses. I like, you know, managing the finances, the strategies, the P&Ls, the everything like that. So I thought, let's take it a step further. Um, and I've wanted to do my master's for a long, long time. There was just always something holding me back. Actually, that's wrong. There was never anything holding me back apart from myself and not being brave enough. Yeah. So I looked into it. At the time, the company that I was working for also, um, as an incentive and a benefit to their staff, they would offer to pay 10% of whatever you want to study. So that's even more of an incentive. So I'm thinking, okay, let's do this. I went to the opening day at Middlesex University and I said, give me the papers I'm signing here, there. Like, there's no going back. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. Amazing. So I decided to do a master's at halfway through my life at 36 years old. And I don't know why. Why did you decide to do that then? Um, like I said, I wanted to do it for a long, long time. And then the incentive from the company I was working for to pay 10% was just like, what are you waiting for? Just do it. Yeah. And as an adult going back to study and one is really daunting anyway yeah it's so so daunting you know I was afraid I'm going to be surrounded by these really really smart 18 19 year old kids and it was totally different to that yeah could
0: you tell us about some of the early jobs you had and some of those roles and kind of what those experiences were like whether it was front of house or just getting onto the career ladder
1: yeah sure so as when I was back in the UK and I was at college um I was actually, I was at college and I was working three jobs. I look back now and I don't know how I ever did it, but I was working in a bar where my only job was to collect glasses and load them into the dishwasher and clean. That was yep. my only job at the whole entire bar. Um, we all have to was, start somewhere. We do, of yeah. course. And do you know what? I met some of the most fantastic people that I worked with, customers, staff. It was wonderful. And then I worked in a fish and chip shop. Okay. So I had three jobs all at once while studying at college. Like um, two nights a week here, you know, four days a week there. So it was, yeah, fish and chip shop, cleaner, dishwasher. There you go. (laughs) If anybody's got to start somewhere, I've paid my dues. That's where I started. And
0: as you're progressing in your career, are there mentors that you can remember having along the way or any key bits of advice that you can remember that people gave you?
1: I've had bosses and managers that I really respect and really look up to and I've also had the total flip side of that as well. Yeah. Which is really lucky because I've learned how to do it and how not to do it. Um, One thing that probably sticks in my mind um, that one of my mentors... I told me was, and he said to me once, Are you here to be effective or are you here to be liked? And what is more important to you? Which one was more important? Be effective. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, everybody wants to be liked, but at the end of the day, we've all got a job to do. And I yeah. think, I don't know if this is a bit of a sexist thing to say, but I think. Women are a lot more empathetic in the way they deal with certain situations, especially dealing with staff. Yeah. Um, And even
0: just the idea of being liked, it feels like it's something we take on, I I think, a lot more. And it affects us quite a lot.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think we're a lot more... I'm trying to be careful is what I say here to not offend any males. But I think sometimes women can be a lot more approachable in certain situations. Yeah. Um, You know, we... We are not me, but we are mothers with somebody's daughter. We think very emotionally. Yep. Which is not a weakness. And it's definitely not a bad thing.
0: You were touching on it there, just about what it's like being a woman in
1: F and B, but just about your
0: experiences mm-hmm. and for example, how unusual is it to find a female F and B director mm-hmm. of a restaurant?
1: Mm-hmm. I've been here fourteen years and I haven't met many. I've met a lot of female restaurant managers. I haven't met many F&B directors. But the last two or three years, there's been a real shift in hospitality for females. Yeah. And I think we were talking about this earlier. You know, I don't, I didn't see many female hospitality GMs at all when I first got here. In the last three or four years, it's really, really, really changed. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually reading um, last week an all-female-led restaurant team. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the concept, but I thought it was fantastic. I think it was an SLS to buy. It was an SLS, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. All-female team, all-female chefs, all-female management, which I thought is is great in a way. Um, I think it's brave. But then as a woman, yeah. I think if... A restaurant or Dubai open in Dubai opened with a fully male team. Yeah, would I be annoyed? Probably. <laughs> so yeah, I see. I kind of see both sides of it. Why
0: do you think it is only in the last couple of years that you're noticing the change? We're
1: not quite sure. Um, I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe it's. I don't know. Maybe you know. Twelve, thirteen years ago, there wasn't that many women in senior positions in F&B. I
0: mean, even just the sort of grassroots of it. Like, what do you think stops women from entering, or just like puts them off, or mm. deters them from even getting to the higher positions? Yeah,
1: I think it's quite a male-dominated industry, anyway. Yeah. And to work in hospitality, you have to be strong. Yeah. You have to be prepared for anything. You always have to have a plan B. You can't stop until you get what you want. Be persistent and you really have to be a strong character because you are going to be dealing with a lot of difficult customers, maybe difficult stakeholders, maybe difficult management team, whether that's male or female, it doesn't matter. You have to be super strong.
0: And there's a lot of women that have been sharing these stories on the podcast and saying how they've experienced basically sexism Mm -hmm. in the industry. Mm -hmm. Are there any experiences that stand out to you where you're like, actually, if I was a man, I would have Mm -hmm. been treated really differently in that situation.
1: I personally haven't come across anything like that in, in my career. I haven't, I don't feel like I've ever been treated differently because I'm a female. I don't feel that if anything, I think it's probably worked to my advantage to be quite honest. Um, But I've never come across any issues with being a woman in F&B. What is it that you think
0: has worked in your favor? Do you think it's through positive discrimination? Do you think it's because as a woman you're bringing something different to the role?
1: I think, you know, I think you've just hit a nail on the head there. And we were talking earlier about the shift in, you know, male to female in F&B. And because it's such a rarity to see females in F&B, I think that is one of the main points that's... You know assisted me in the jobs that I have today because I am a female yeah. and it's very different to see a female in a director's position or a general manager's position that can go in a boardroom with twenty males and not feel the tiniest bit nervous, the tiniest bit intimidated and just go for it so maybe that is that is why and maybe it's ever- a novelty <laughs> is that a a bad word to use? I don't know.
0: Do you ever feel intimidated when you're going into those scenarios?
1: No. no. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm quite, um, I'm quite a confident person anyway.
0: What do you think companies can do to create real change for women? Just to be attracting them into the F&B industry, to getting them into the workplace, to getting them into those more senior positions?
1: Right. I think that... I think the perception is that hospitality is male-dominated. So maybe that is putting women off. Um, I think we need... There's a lot of inspirational people in um, the industry that are setting a really good example. There's another lady that um, I'm connected with on LinkedIn.
0: And what about your kitchen? How important is it to you to get women in the kitchen?
1: I love to have an equal mix of male and female in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I mean to be a female in a kitchen full of to be a female in a kitchen full stop you have to be strong
0: Yeah,
1: and I mean I was talking about in my job I have to be strong they have to be 10 times stronger um, because it's a tough job it's high pressure they're you know surrounded by a m- majority of males I mean I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a fully staffed female kitchen
0: yeah, it's, and um, it's, when it, there is a fully staffed female kitchen it makes the news it makes the headlines sure I'm so curious to see how that works yeah I don't know if you've heard of Asma Khan in the UK so she's got this restaurant called Darjeeling Express right and so she was on Netflix a series Chef's Table and she's got an all women kitchen but right. these are women who are kind of middle aged and right. they are bringing their own experiences a lot of experiences of just cooking at home and then just doing that in the restaurant but when you Absolutely. see it it's really sensational and the, when you see how they do it together and when there's this real spirit of just
1: wanting to do it genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. When they, I think people that do honestly love, 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 love cooking. My husband, I'm very lucky, my husband is a fantastic chef. I mean, he trained in uh, Switzerland in Lausanne at the best hospitality school in the world and he trained as a chef then moved on to hospitality management but when he's in a kitchen, he's like a different person. It's, okay. it's true love yeah. with the process and, and you can't hide that you
0: can't hide that passion you
1: cannot hide that yeah. passion like it's tr- it's a whole process it's true love he's he's so focused sometimes I see him you know looking into space and he's kind of daydreaming and I'm saying what are you doing love and he says you know I'm just just planning a bit of a dinner dinner menu in my head you know and thinking about this thinking about that that's great it's it's wonderful for me I get to reap the benefits yeah I mean, although I'm in F&B, I'm not an amazing cook. I can do the basics. And you can eat. And I can eat. Yeah, but um, I don't have a passion for cooking. That's for sure.
0: So speaking of eating, we've just been Mm. brought out some amazing dishes. So could you just talk us through what's in front of us right now?
1: Sure. This is the uh, konfungi pasta. Konfungi pasta. This is the burrata. This is the prawn ravioli, and this is the truffolata pizza. Again, this truffolata pizza is probably our favorite main course. So it's
0: the truffles there again? The truffle, the truffle,
1: yeah. I think you should start with the burrata.
0: Okay. So the burrata is a very pretty dish. It's been decorated with the rocket, but also the pomegranates and the tomatoes. And it tastes very light. It tastes very
1: creamy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Burrata is... You know, a favorite amongst all. I think it's just a real people pleaser. It's interesting, isn't
0: it? Because cauliflower isn't like a show-stopping ingredient. Yeah. And it's just something that's kind of quite humble that you've managed to elevate.
1: Yeah. It's really, out of all the things, I keep going back to that one because that's that's the taste that surprises me. And I really, really enjoy it. This Sorry. is the rigatoni <laughs> yeah. con fungi. Yeah. So what are the ingredients inside it? So this is truffle and mushroom and cream.
0: Okay. So it's very simple. It's really creamy. It's kind of that comfort food quality, again. But it's just elevated that comfort food with the truffles on the top. Yeah.
1: It's, um, it's a, like you said, it's a very comfort food dish. It's wholesome. It's filling. The pasta is homemade. We make everything here. And as a standard, we cook it al dente, which... Some people like, some people don't. For me, I love al dente pasta. Um, But other cultures, other people like it a lot more well done.
0: Yeah, because the way of cooking pasta, it can vary across the world. I mean, especially in the UK where it's kind
1: of overcooked. Uh, Exactly, exactly. Do you ever think you can have too much truffle? Never. (laughs) Never, never. This sandwich, the roast beef sandwich, (laughs) When I first started with Il Bissaggio, I honestly ate this sandwich every day for three weeks. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's so good. The flavors are mixed so nicely. Um, so please, go ahead with the roast beef sandwich. It's and quite a, an
0: unusual choice to have the um,
1: sandwich on the menu as well. Again, yeah. We like the surprise factor. Yeah. Um, and it's also served with homemade fries as well, which are proper, you know, chipped potatoes. Made like we are in England and at home. Yeah.
0: So with the sandwich we've got the beef ham, the veal bacon yes. and the onion mayo. Yes. As well. Yes. And the bread's very soft as well.
1: Homemade, all made here by our lovely Johnny
0: speaking of different interpretations that people have about pasta, I mean, even just with pizza as well, people have their own ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, the Nepalese, you've got Chicago pizzas, you've got New York pizzas. What is it that makes your pizzas different?
1: I do. Um, obviously, we make all our dough from scratch and we rest it. It's a very scientific process, making any sort of dough. Um, and we worked it and worked it and retrialed it and retried it until we got it perfectly right. Yeah. Given us the
0: truffle of pizza. So you've got the truffles, the mushrooms, the mozzarella, yes. the parmesan.
1: So why did you bring this one out? I'm, I think it might be a selfish reason, actually. I'm a truffle lover. I love the truffle. I've brought you out all of, all of the dishes that are our bestsellers in El Passaggio um, and try to mix up the cuisines and the tastes a lot. Um, and I think this uh, pizza is the most different and just tasty yeah. on the whole menu. I think it's my favorite. I'm
0: kind of glad you brought this out because I think if I was ordering, <laughs> I wouldn't have immediately ordered this pizza. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite intrigued to just to dive it. in and mm-hmm. see how it tastes. Mm-hmm. So, with this pizza, we've got big, chunky pieces of mushroom and really generous truffles on the top. And so there's this really earthy, rich flavor that's coming through there. Mm-hmm.
1: I love the way you describe food. It makes my mouth water, actually. (laughs) The words you use makes my mouth water. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really rich, good pizza. Yeah. And it's one... You know what I like about a dining experience? I mean, I love to eat anyway. But when I do go for a dining experience, I want to think about it for the next two, three days. I want to think, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go back there and have this. I can't wait to go back there and have that. So, tell us about the ravioli dish we've mm-hmm. got as well. So, that's the prawn ravioli? This is the prawn ravioli, yeah. It has a very, um, quite a tarragon aroma taste to it. Again, the pasta is homemade. Um, beautiful dish. Yeah. Um, it's presented really elegantly on Thank the plate you. as well, just Thank with these pockets so of yeah.
0: ravioli, the white plate. Mm-hmm. It's just very simple, yeah. again.
1: I like simple, fresh, plain. I don't like food that's overcomplicated because it doesn't need to be. You can use three ingredients in a dish and it could be wonderful. I don't like overcomplicated, too many tastes, too many colours, too many textures. Simple's fantastic. Okay, So let's dive in. Sometimes if you look at a, a small plate, you think, my gosh, this isn't enough. But actually, when you do... Eat it, it's more than enough they're like little sombreros the way they're <laughs> yeah. on the plate it all fuses together
0: really well mm-hmm. it's like the creaminess the gooeyness just once you open it and then they're kind of
1: prawns mm-hmm. it's not overwhelming good i'm glad i'm glad glad that's not a dish i eat too often because i'm not too keen on seafood to be honest and there's
0: a little hint of spice as well there is there? there is yeah.
1: yeah there's a little hint of spice
0: yeah Just like little pockets of perfection.
1: Oh, lovely. Little pockets of perfection. I love that.
0: (laughs) So when I was looking at your menu, I saw you had the aglio e olio on the menu. I might be butchering the way you pronounce (laughs) that. But it's a really basic Nepalese dish. And a lot of Italian restaurants, Mediterranean restaurants, they don't have that on the menu. So I was interested as to why you have that.
1: Sometimes the simplest things and the simplest of ingredients can turn out so well. And... Sometimes people do want just simple, basic, just comfort food. And I think for a lot of people that is yeah. comfort food. Yeah. Because it's traditionally um, a
0: peasant dish that you would yeah, find. In yeah,
1: a it is. Yeah. But we have... Have you elevated it again? Is there we, truffles on the top? We, we <laughs> haven't. There is a note. We haven't elevated we, it. We're just in, in our kind of style and our kind of way with our homemade pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with our cooking methods so it is it's still a special dish a very simple special dish
0: yeah with the restaurant itself the venue it's pretty spectacular because we're here on the point we've got a view of the atlantis we've got a view of the palm jumeirah can you tell us a little bit more about this location
1: sure so we're directly in front of the fountains which are the tallest fountains in the world i believe i think they broke world records. so we're directly in front of those um, it's a lovely, it's, it's not a long walking distance from the car. Um, it's a lovely setting to walk around. Um, just down here, we have a dog beach, which is dog friendly. So we get a lot of people going to that beach. Um, and of course the, I think the star of the show in the restaurant is, you know, the walkthrough kitchen. I don't know if he came in that way or he came no. in this way. No,
0: definitely. It just does feel like a bit of a theatrical dining experience Mm -hmm. when you're just seeing people making the food and you're seeing the bakery as well because it's like you've got the behind the scenes aspect but you're just putting it at the forefront Mm -hmm. so when you come in that's what you see and I think just actually seeing all those visuals when you're coming in it just helps you to work up an appetite as well (laughs) and you're just seeing the food getting Mm -hmm. prepared was that a conscious decision just to have the open kitchen
1: it was it was designed as part of the concept so it was a whole walk through from front door like a whole experience so come through the door, you walk through the kitchens, you see everything being freshly made. So we've got the bakery on the left side, and then we've got the hot kitchen on the right side. Yeah.
0: But that is just so, there's something about that, isn't there? Yeah, it's something, something about... That. It's, again, just that whole thing we were talking about, just about the theatrics. Yeah. And just like, it feels like you're peering in,
1: you're eavesdropping, and you're just being let in on a kitchen secret, and you can see what's going <laughs> True. on. True. And when you stood in the corridor, especially on a Friday or Saturday, so when you actually stood in the passage... You feel, you almost feel like you're part of it because the kitchens either side of you are so close. Yeah. And they're so loud and they're so fast paced. It almost feels like you're a part of it. Yeah.
0: And I have to say, I love the venue itself as well. When you just go past that kitchen, you come inside, and it's very understated. It's very elegant. Mm-hmm. And you've got these black and white pictures on the wall. You've got the gondolas. You've got the vespers. Yep. It's just very sleek, and it's not that kind of Dubai bling-bling that you <laughs> sometimes get. Instead, <laughs> you've just got the views, and you're letting the food do the talking. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I have to – my boss actually um, is so tasteful when it comes to interior design. Yeah he's so particular and he's is super talented at these kind of things and i actually think that he picked those photos that were going on the wall they're all of venice actually yeah um and yeah he's very good with interior design is very good with those kind of things so I have to give him full credit for that
0: okay So what does a typical customer look like who comes to Il Passaggio?
1: Okay, we have such a different range of customers. We have such a different range. Like for me to identify, you know, our customer base or customer range is really impossible because we have such diverse range. Yeah. And you've also got a dedicated
0: kids' menu as well. How popular is that? Yes,
1: we have a dedicated kids' menu and a dedicated dogs' menu as well. Okay. Yes. Um, The kids' menu is super popular. Again, with the kids' menu, we kept it simple. Like, kids like to eat what they know, what they love. Kids don't want to see anything overcomplicated. So we have the boiled egg and the toasted soldiers and those kind of things on our yep. kids' menu. And we also have homemade chicken... To- uh, sorry, I got tongue twisted. Homemade um, chicken tenders and homemade fries. Yeah. And we also have a dedicated dog's menu as well. So what's on that? Which is supplied by Fairchild. So we have uh, salmon, we have chicken. Um, is that popular? It is really popular, yeah. yeah. With its, it comes to us um, freeze-packed. freeze is not the right word. Um, vacuum-packed.
0: Okay. And just looking ahead, I know that you're opening a new venue in Jamira Park and that's set to open around November time. We are,
1: yeah. We're looking to open between September and November. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, so it's uh, an Il Pasaggio obviously a 2.0 version, so it's yeah. a, second, a second space. Um, we've gone, obviously, with the same concept. It's very light, it's very airy, it's large. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so we also have, opening next door at the same time, the IP Lounge, which is going to be a lounge concept. Um, so we will have Il Pasaggio and we will have the IP Lounge so okay. both opening soon and are there any plans to actually just expand further we are we're expanding 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 so we're going to open Jumeirah Park in um, September October November yeah um, and then we're going to expand to London we're also thinking a little bit about Egypt yeah. uh, Miami we're thinking let's grow this brand and let's grow it quick okay so there are lots of plans about expansion yes Lots,
0: lots. Could you tell us about some of the special events that you hold here?
1: Sure. So we've just recently done an event with Genie Recruitment, um, where Genie brought in all of their recruitment teams to help job seekers with CV skills, looking for jobs, which was really, really wonderful. Yeah. Um, We also did an event with Female Fusion, which was a little bit of a meet-up. I absolutely love Female Fusion Group. Um, It's about empowering females in business. Um, And we did a meet-up for them here. So people met each other. Everybody was explaining their businesses to each other. So that was really wonderful. And we've got some amazing events coming up in the future. We've got our bubbles and brushes, which will be learning learning how to paint um, while you're eating and drinking. We've also got cheese and wine pairing coming up. We have a chocolate master class coming up. We have chocolate and wine pairing class coming up. Okay, so
0: you're pretty busy. Okay, so we've got some desserts that have just been served that really demand attention. So could you talk us through the desserts you've chosen?
1: Sure. So this is our tiramisu. Okay. Very different from the kind of traditional tiramisu that you wow. see in most places. This is chocolate fondant and this is the bowl. So this... Is called the bowl, um, and it's our homemade ice cream with a crumble and pastry. Okay. So this is, looks very simple, but super, super tasty.
0: Okay, I'm a real sucker for a tiramisu. Are you? So can we dig into that first? Go for it, please, please. So tell us please.
1: about how this tiramisu is made. Okay, so we make the ladyfingers here, and we soak them in coffee. Yep. Okay, and then they go in the refrigerator and then we put the cream on the top. So it's I'm watching your face. <laughs> no. This is just so so delicious. I think it's one of the best and I'm not saying this because I work here. I think it's one of the best tiramisus I think I've ever tasted. Um it's not too rich. It's not too heavy. Yeah. The cream but it's is still just right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still not indulgent. Not too,
0: yeah. It's not too
1: overwhelming. It's very Moorish. Mm. And believe it or not, I don't, I don't like coffee. Um, and this has the, the coffee, the grounded coffee on the top. I love this dessert. It's wonderful. That's interesting
0: because I'm not really a big coffee drinker either. Are you not? I like the taste of it in the Tiramisu. I'm so
1: happy to hear that yeah. because there's not many people I meet that are the same. Yeah. Wow. Oh.
0: Did you know that tiramisu in Italian means pick me up? Mm. So it's meant to like traditionally have been like an aphrodisiac.
1: Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. It was served in brothels. It was served yeah. with in brothels. Right.
0: Yeah. And then I only recently learned that basically there was a point where pasta was going to be banned by Mussolini.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: So he thought that pasta was just weighing Italians down and so that they weren't going to be, you know, ready to fight. And so he wanted rice to be the national dish and was really? trying to pasta.
1: Imagine. Imagine how different things would have been now. Yeah. Rice is the national dish of Italy. Yeah. Okay. This is a chocolate fondant with our homemade vanilla ice cream. Okay. So I'll we let you break it, it open. It. Yeah. Do it. Go
0: for it. Oh, wow. That's just perfect, isn't it? The way it's just oozing that
1: chocolate. Yes, this is very, quite rich. I think originally it was designed for two people. I mean, I could easily finish this all in one go. Oh,
0: I could finish that in one go.
1: Very, very easily. That is exquisite, isn't it? Glad you like it. And this is our homemade vanilla ice cream.
0: So it's got that rich filling. It's served with the vanilla ice cream as well, which has got the caramel sauce on the top of it. And it's just, again, that comfort food as well, that comfort dessert. But it feels like you've turned it into like a little bit of luxury as well. Again, just that, I think it's like an Il Passaggio thing. You just elevate it and you just... We do, yeah. 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 So tell us about the final dessert. So it's just called the bowl, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a statement name for a dessert, isn't it? Exactly.
1: (laughs) It's, again, a homemade ice cream. Yep. Um, with a crumble on the top and some filo pastry in the middle
0: the textures of that work really well together with mm-hmm. the crumbles on the top and then just with the ice cream as well it really Lovely. complements each other doesn't it and it feels like you've got a premium dessert there mm-hmm.
1: again it looks it looks quite simple but it's tasty and it gives you that, that punch of flavour um, Definitely packs a punch. Yeah. yeah, and the brown butter ice cream with the the sprinkles, I think, is just perfect.
0: Yeah. So when you're not busy running Il Passaggio, what do you do just to unwind?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, for a full, true unwind day, I will go to the spa for the whole day. I'll arrive at nine in the morning. I'll have my massage. The phone will stay in the locker the whole day, and I will stay there the whole day and read a book that and relax. Divine. It's the only. It's the only way I feel isolated and switched off and disconnected i know you know nobody can phone me because the phone's in the locker nobody can realistically come in it's just so relaxing for me
0: and what else do you do in your time off what kind of things do you like enjoy
1: okay i love i love a good netflix and chill i love love a netflix and chill
0: what are you binging
1: Oh my gosh, everything. Um, At the minute, I've been re-watching Benidorm, the UK series. Okay. (laughs) I think it's brilliant. Um, And a couple of other things. Um, Yeah, I like walking my dogs. I've got two dogs. So I love to go taking those, exploring and going around with them.
0: Yeah. Are you reading any books at the moment?
1: I am reading all the time. I'm an absolute bookworm um my friends call me the bookworm I've always got a book in my bag I've always got something at the minute I'm actually reading my study books okay so it's not really that exciting but I like to read a lot of Holland Coben um I like to read a lot of mystery things yeah but yeah I absolutely love a book I could sit and honestly when I'm on a holiday I will read a book every two days and what's on your Spotify what are you listening to what am I listening? To? You know what my guilty <laughs> this is going to sound really strange. I've got a real my guilty pleasure in music is rap. Okay,
0: I that love... was unexpected.
1: It it I love to listen to Tupac. I I could listen to his albums all day long. Yeah, and I think it's because I've watched a lot of documentaries about him and his background and yeah. all the political kind of stuff. Every... So are you like
0: nineties rap? Is that your
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I love it yeah. and and like every song's awesome. got. A little story to unravel, and yeah. and um, so yeah, rap is my guilty pleasure. Yeah, um, I mostly listen to I'd say like old school rock. I love love old school rock. Yeah, the ACDC, the um, White Snake, those kind of bands. So when
0: you get onto karaoke, because you're someone who can actually sing, do you start rapping? <laughs>
1: my my karaoke song is Master of the Puppets by Metallica. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I can't actually believe I admitted to that, but yeah, that was my karaoke song. Yep. Okay. I actually once burst a blood vessel in my eye trying to sing to Lady Gaga in the car. What Lady Gaga On the way to work, born this way. Okay. (laughs) On the way to work. (laughs) That
0: makes some sense. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we've come to your quick fire round. So okay. I'm going to be saying something and we just want you to say the first thing that comes into your mind.
1: This could okay? be dangerous.
0: So it's just about food and drink. Okay, so it shouldn't be too dangerous. Okay. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, fish fingers. <laughs> Comfort food. Shepherd's pie. Soup or salad. That's Soup. Pizza or pasta.
1: Oh, both. Um, pizza.
0: <laughs> Ultimate dessert. <laughs>
1: Oh, I was supposed to do that sticky toffee pudding all the way or jam roly-poly. Oh, that's too hard. Oh, which one? Ah, oh, Jam roly-poly and custard.
0: <laughs> sweet or savoury?
1: Oh, sweet. Breakfast, lunch or dinner? All, but breakfast mostly. <laughs> Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, you know what? I'm not too experimental with food when it comes to strange things. <laughs> Any weird body parts of an animal? No, absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm not really brave like that Like I definitely not survive on In the jungle On I'm a celebrity or anything like that I'm not brave with In terms of strange foods Okay Kitchen hero Kitchen hero oh, This is a tough one as well um, I oh, I love Jamie Oliver I know he's quite controversial But I really 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 like him Last supper Oh my gosh Last supper Anything mashed potato Okay just mashed potato with a just mashed potato all the way through all the way made of mashed
0: potato on a side of mashed potato
1: absolutely mashed potato is my all time favorite food okay
0: all right well you're pretty easy to cater for i'm so easy to cater for okay <laughs> thank you for being so generous in just sharing your journey with us so we were speaking with Rebecca O'Brien De Silva, the F&B director of Il Passaggio. And that was the business lunch with Petra Middle East and me, Cohen Sahota. Keep an eye on our social media to find out where you can hear the podcast. And in the meantime, thank you for listening. And please like, subscribe and share with your friends.